you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Marcus Carter. He's from carterschoolofenglish.com. Uh, he teaches English online. He's currently living in España. So welcome to the show, Marcus. Thanks very much, Chris. It's a pleasure <sighs> to be here. I want to get into your story a little bit of um, you know language learning online. There's all these neat niches or as you say in britain i think niches of uh <laughs> of uh online education language learning is huge um so take us and i know that uh the the pandemic and stuff changed things but take us on your your story arc as a teacher and language learning how did you go from being a british guy to living in spain and teaching english to spanish-speaking people yeah okay well obviously um when I finished studying in the UK, I, I did some traveling and uh, basically Spain has always been a kind of holiday destination for, for the Brits, you know, for most of my life when I was younger. And I thought that what better place to live than a place where you would go on holiday, you know. So that's how I sort of started coming to Spain and met a few people here and cut a long story short, met my wife and <laughs> the rest is history as far as uh, living in, in Spain's concerned. And um, when I started my teaching career, I've been teaching in many different places. I've been teaching in schools, in uh, language schools, in normal schools. I've taught all ages from three-year-olds, which I love teaching, three, four, five-year-olds, um, all the way up to 82, I think, was my oldest uh, student that I've had. And um, I've been an employee. I was an employee for the first few years of my uh, career. And then uh, I sort of branched out on my own and started opening up my own schools. And one of the uh, biggest uh, obstacles that I noticed in my profession was the way students learnt languages and the materials that we had available to teach students. So I started diving quite deep into different methodologies and how I could facilitate learning. My, my premise was always, how can I make this as easy and as quick as possible? You know, learning a language, especially like English, which is quite a difficult language to learn. Uh, especially for Spanish speakers. And um, so that sort of led me down a, quite a deep rabbit hole uh, where I ended up writing my own method because I couldn't actually find uh, the materials that I really wanted. I did franchise a method, uh, but I couldn't find the best of both worlds that sort of fitted with uh, the society in which I live. So I've written my own method, which goes from zero all the way up to uh, an advanced level. And that's what we use now um, online with our with our Zoom classes, my team of teachers and myself to teach students. And um, yeah, I had so I had three schools before the um, the uh, pandemic hit us. And um, obviously uh, we were all closed down, so we closed all the schools, but we continued literally immediately because I've always been quite a fanatic as far as technology is concerned. And uh, I love, you know, I love tech. So uh, I very quickly um, got some of the teachers who are sort of senior teachers, you know, up to date with all the technology so that they could uh, continue online, including using, um, you know, these um, 
tablet things to write on and things like that and using some kind of digital whiteboard and we finally got it all together started with skype then we changed over to zoom and uh, that's where we are today really um Shall I continue? <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. A couple, a couple quick questions. So, when the yeah. they were in person schools, how many teachers? It was more than just you. You had some teachers. Like, how big were these? Like, how many students? How many teachers? Mm. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we've had um, up to about twenty two, twenty three teachers in total. That was when we were um, our biggest sort of time. Uh, I will say that before the pandemic, actually, we were. Um, um, we were there were more there's more and more competition every day it seems to be it it kind of became the business um like a fashionable business to open an english school even if you knew nothing about english teaching a lot of people were just opening english schools because it was it was quite a um a profitable business when when there weren't many of us and then there were more and more and more and uh, so you just had to keep working harder and harder on marketing and um i've worked very hard on um seo and and all kinds of marketing techniques i've tried them all you know over the years not really had much luck with internet marketing at all really um throughout you know all the time that we've had the website one of the problems i had is i used to have a different name uh when i was a franchise so i was using the franchise's name which i gave it to myself i didn't have to and right. popularize that name where i am and then when i stopped um working with the franchise i lost all my rankings completely i was on page one you know and uh, we were getting much more traffic so that set me back sort of five or six pages it's really difficult to get back up on google so i didn't have much luck with that um and yeah so really if you want me to sort of segue into how i got into uh lifter lms now is this a good time <laughs> Yeah, I, and I do want to at some point circle back to designing the Carter method, your own teaching method. But yeah, let's go into the tech for a little bit of, uh, you know, you talked about Skype and Zoom, what we call instructor-led training. Mm -hmm. Then where does WordPress and Lifter come into the picture of your tech stack here? Yeah, okay. So um, I've always wished, you know, for, for years now to have some kind of platform where my students can go online and find and do exercises and additional material and things but i never had the technological know-how to really build that like on their own without an instructor right is that what you mean like yeah yeah Basically, on their own like, time passive exactly exactly yeah. a login area where you know where they could feel that they're sort of members of a place and they could go in and they could sort of find their own material and even teachers could could upload their own things um you know maybe during the easter holidays and things to do activities for students to do i've wanted that for for years really um but i've never really it's never it was never a necessity before the pandemic and so um when the pandemic came in Obviously, we were online. We started online. Um, I lost all my traffic, obviously, because we used to have high street schools. So it was people walking through, in through the door all the time. But when you're online and you're not ranking well in, in, on Google, um, that doesn't really happen. And um, so I had to look for new ways of uh, finding traffic. So I started, I mean, I've been... Um, I consider myself an expert in phonetics uh, within under the sort of umbrella of, of language teaching. It's always been something that I've been advocating in, in my methods that I've been teaching. So I started um, working with on social networks and uh, I had never had any success with social networks before. I mean, I've had Instagram for years and I've actually 
had times in my life where I've tried to push it a bit harder and you know 200 people following me or 200 and something people and actually my wife she pushed me onto uh, TikTok and she said try TikTok you know try using that and uh, well I'm up to nearly half a million followers now on TikTok wow what um, kind of what kind of content are you putting on TikTok yeah because I mean most TikTok content is like five to 30 seconds so what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually going up. I'm using the new, uh, well, not the new, but it's relatively new that they let you upload now three minute videos. Okay. And um, yeah, having quite a lot of success with those, the recent ones I've been uploading. Are you teaching a phrase or what is it? No, because basically, I mean, I know that, you know, the, the golden rule of marketing is that you have to, you know, strive to be different and, uh, you know, um, uh, whatever you you can't be in the same category. You got to find your blue ocean. You can't be in the red ocean where everybody's. And there's lots of English teachers, you know, giving phrases and things like that. So what I what I um, specialized in many years ago was in phonetics, and I advocate that you really need to learn um, to pronounce like a, a native speaker to be able to understand the native speakers because Spanish speakers, the problem they have is they, they find it very difficult to understand fast conversation in English. So uh, I started publishing um, things that I have always encountered throughout my career that were difficult for students. I knew Spanish people or Spanish speakers because a lot of uh, my followers are from uh, South America um, were having difficulties with and a lot of those things were phonetics. What's an example of, of a phonetic like thing you would put up to help people? Yeah, well, maybe just the difference between uh, can and can't, for example, that was one of my recent videos that I uploaded. And um, because uh, the difference in phonetics, although they're written the same way, C-A-N and with a T on the end, you know, I know that in the United, you know, North America, you'd say can't, but we say can, can't, you know, it's a completely different phonetic sound that we use. And really native speakers, I can play tennis, I can't play tennis. I don't really pronounce the N or the T. It's just that long A that I use that a native speaker will understand and say that I cannot play tennis. So that would be, you know, an example. And some difficult structures that are different in, in Spanish to English, things like that. And where I really... Um, so I started taking off on this, uh, on this social media platform on TikTok, although it's a platform where it doesn't really matter how many followers you have when you launch a new video it your followers don't necessarily see that video it has to be spectacular content every time for it to go anywhere for them to push it not like instagram where your followers are going to see your stories and they're going to see your posts and uh, so i was um which is good in in some sense because you strive to create new content all the time and then I started going into live uh, TikTok sessions, which really kind of opened my eyes to a new way of driving traffic and moving people um, to my website. And to um, I created a Telegram group as well. There's over 6,000 people in the Telegram group now. Um, and it's a place where, because from TikTok, I couldn't really speak to those half a million people and say, hey, I've got this course. Why don't you try this? You know, Or you do it live or you don't do it. And um, because so my humble 26 years of experience, I'm quite comfortable in front of a camera speaking to when I go live on TikTok, I've had my maximum has been 1,270 people, a lot of people. at the same time. That's a lot of people at the same time, because on Instagram, you're lucky if you get, you know, 
you know, even like the famous people, they get a couple of hundred people watching them at the same time most of the time. So I get a, I've got a normal sort of average of five, six, seven hundred people at the same time watching me. I know that most of them are not really interested in what I'm saying. They're just sort of flicking through. But there is a, a constant sort of fan base there. And I traffic those people um, to Telegram so that I can um, remarket them there and to my website. And this is where um, I started with Lifter LMS and thinking of how, what can I do? How can I, how can I turn the website into some sort of platform where people could learn uh, English with me? And a lot of people ask me for classes when you're quite popular on social media. You know, can you give classes? Obviously, you can't because you know you've only got a certain amount of hours a day, and there's I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of people. I didn't have that many uh, <laughs> people asking for classes, but. What I did is I started thinking, what could I digitalize and put onto a course? And the first thing that came to my mind was phonetics. Because is this, uh, are these free courses or paid courses? No, no, they're paid courses. Yeah, I okay. do. I do. You know, I have invested so much of my time, and I do invest so much of my time for free for people on, uh, especially on the TikTok lives. I now do TikTok and Instagram at the same time live. What tool do you use for that? Yeah, well, I the thing is here in Spain, we don't we can't get an RMTP code for TikTok. Okay. I know you can. I think you can in the States, um, but I can with Instagram. So I use OBS with Instagram. And um, and what I'm trying to do now, I don't tell anybody about this. It's going to be broadcast, but uh, <laughs> is I'm trying to traffic people from TikTok to Instagram, being very careful because Insta TikTok detects when you move people from from the lives. I'm sure they do because they've punished me in the past. So okay. you got to say it very sort of. You got to be very subtle and say, "Hey, why don't you check out my Instagram when this finishes and uh, follow me?" Because what I do is I'm using OBS software which I, supp I suppose you're familiar with, mm -hmm. and I'm projecting semi-transparent things onto my live sessions, you know, phonetic symbols and phrases in phonetics so that people can see it, but they can't see it in TikTok. And what I do is I uh, download the live show from Instagram or I publish it on my feed on Instagram with those projections. So that is a reason why people who are on TikTok might want to go to my Instagram. And now, you know, sort of every live show I'm doing, well, it's not a show, but every live lesson that I'm doing, which is about an hour long, I'm managing to move about between sort of 70, 80, 90, 100 people from TikTok to my Instagram account every time I do it. And I presume that they are sort of warm customers, people who are interested in what I'm doing. They're going there, they're following me. They're interested in learning English. Otherwise, they wouldn't go there. So um, so that's how I'm generating traffic now to um, to the uh, to the website, because I'm then going from there. I'm also promoting every five, 10 minutes uh, a new level test, which I have designed. Um, and um, I've got on my website, uh, level testing is also something that students really like to do. They like to know how much English they know. And um, the level tests that are basically available online is just a kind of grammar test where it's just ABC, you know, so you can fill in the blank and it's not very um, trustworthy. It's not very, uh, yeah, it's not very reliable really to tell you what level of English you have because when I level test somebody through Zoom, it's always uh, an, an oral test to see what you understand and I get more and more difficult. So I've tried to um, change this to uh, a test where people listen to things on the website. And I'm actually using Lifter LMS for them to register 
to get their data um, before they do that level test um, as a way of uh, just having, you know, their information so that I can remarket them. So that's a free test. And that's a good way for me, at least to get people to go to the website and do the test. And when they finish the test, according to what score they have, they are sent to one page or another where there's a little video of me saying, right, this is your level of English. This is the course I recommend. And then um, we give them the the, uh, the calendar slot where they can reserve um, a free class, you know, with us, which is a, a, a one-to-one, you know, sort of Zoom group class. So at this time, what percentage of the, the training is course-based versus Zoom class-based? Like uh, self-study versus active kind of. Right. At the moment, uh, I would say most of it is sort of active uh, courses at the moment because uh, my phonetics course is something that people don't really understand very well yet only the people that have done it love it and uh, but when you say to somebody look the problem with learning english because here in spain for example people learn english throughout their whole life and they're never satisfied and they always want to know more and they think it means that you've got to learn the most advanced vocabulary and grammar to get to that to the higher level when really what you need to do is understand how we speak and just get that fluency and so um at the moment i mean i've literally only been doing this for the last few months i've had quite a few students go through the the course on the lifter lms uh plugin and everybody loves it um what i'm doing now since i acquired the groups plugin which for me was a massive uh game changer because I have been working with companies for many, many years since I started my career here in, in Spain, teaching English to the employees. Most of them were company directors. And um, I realized or uh, something I could do, I could offer the um, different packages of licenses to companies and put them into this uh, group package. And so that's where I am right now. I'm very, very heavily marketing companies, phoning all the dozens and dozens and dozens of um, contacts that I have already before I start cold calling uh, to offer them uh, the phonetics course as either a compliment to what they're already doing or as a um, just a unique course that they can do at the moment. And what I'm doing, uh, just so that I give you my, this is my marketing uh, tactic at the moment. I phone the company, I speak to human resources. I say to them, look, I've got this course. This is something that... Um, you haven't seen before. Um, it's something that I greatly recommend and I would like to offer you a demonstration of this product. And they say, okay, yeah, that sounds okay. So I say, can I have your email? And I just take their email and then I set up the group um, in the back end. I put the banner up, I put their logo in, I get it all from the internet, I rescale everything, I create their group, I open up three or four seats. And then I send them the link. I enable the link and I send them the link so that they can go straight in, they can register and they can try the product. And um, that's basically what I've been doing for the last uh, two weeks and uh, having some success. Some companies are starting to go in, they're trying the product. This takes time, I know. But um, I think that one of the major outlets for my uh, course is going to be um, with companies because well one of the companies has already bought the large what i call unlimited licenses so they have lifetime access and unlimited licenses if they need more i just open up new uh new seats for them
That is cool. And so Lifter LMS groups allows you to kind of get a leader at the organization in, and then they can have a certain number of seats. You guys work out a price for their license. You have this big unlimited license. Yeah. Is it fair to say that um, just from a business standpoint, from a revenue perspective, there's like these two different markets. There's the individual learner and then there's the company. Like going after companies doesn't mean you have to abandon individual learners, but there's a lot of revenue potential there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what it's like the long tail, isn't it? That they call where you've got, you know, you can have hundreds of thousands of individual learners. Um, And it's something that I totally agree on that. And I'm going to start a new campaign. I think next week uh, I'll be starting um, just for individual learners to get them onto the platform. I have had quite a few individual learners go through and, um, you know, every time they go through, I create a little group. I did the first course I ever did. Um, I created a little telegram group and I was giving them a um, a class on Saturday as well as doing the course. And they all loved that because we all got together and we could speak about things because obviously what I find in language learning, I'm fighting against a divided society where um, people want to be face to face with their teachers um, because they think that you can't learn English if you're not face to face. And also, how can I sell a course that... Um, they don't interact with really. So I'm fighting against um, those two uh, great sort of uh, obstacles in my in my business at the moment. So the first thing um, uh, I decided to do was, um, I mean, we've had enormous success with our students this year as far as passing uh, official exams more than any other year this year, actually. I really do think, because a lot of parents says, oh, I don't think my, my child really concentrates as well when they're online as when they're in the academy. And I'm thinking to myself, but do you know what your child was actually doing when he was in the school, <laughs> in the academy? <laughs> you, know that. you can see him now, but maybe he was worse when he was in the academy, but now he's calmer. So, um, so what I'm doing with... Um, Uh, the uh, digital course is um, turn it into something more and more interactive because I have been a consumer personally of uh, digital courses myself and I really like them because you can go back to them. You know, if you go to a school for a couple of hours a a week for English lessons, you've got two or three hours a week and then it's up to you to open your book and see what you can do between now and the next lesson. Whereas with the digital courses, you can go back to that same lesson over and over again and it's the same one and you can learn that concept well. So that's one thing that one of the great advantages of, of the digital course. And with language learning, obviously, all the courses I've done, it wasn't really necessary. They were sort of personal growth and those things. It wasn't really necessary for me to interact with that person who was speaking to me. But language learning, there has to be some kind of interaction or something from uh, from the from the student. So that was my massive learning curve over the last few months of how to create a course where people could actually which was more interactive than just uh, a video and, you know, a PDF or something underneath it. So how do you do that? Right. So this is where it gets a bit more complicated. So I've been sort of bouncing around um, what uh, what they call um, interactive video creating uh, programs or software. And um, I like H5P or what? Don't know that one, but Camtasia. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. Right. I, I was on Camtasia for a while, but basically the only interaction that you have is you can you can bring up a little quiz in the middle of the uh, or wherever you want, or you can move the playhead. They they can click on something and the playhead moves, but it was quite limited. 
until I discovered um, Adobe Captivate. Okay. And that that's the game changer. Total, okay. total game changer. For interactive so, content. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, uh, and it's really complicated. It's a really complicated pro. I mean, I do everything. I am the illustrator, I'm the graphic designer, I'm the sound technician, I'm the video editor, you know, I do I do everything myself. That was something that I was talking to your colleague, Will, about, you know, saying that we're in a time where, you know, you might be a, a yoga teacher and you've got Lifter LMS and you've got your little yoga website and, you know, you want to do a course or something like that. We don't necessarily have the means to pay graphic designers and video editors and sound technicians. We have to learn most of these things ourselves. And um, I can. So, quick, quick, clar clarifying question there. So, you you have other teachers that work with you, but in terms of running the school and the online version of that, you do everything by yourself. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Wow, My son that's impressive. Me with, yeah, he helps me with the website, the design of the website, and things like that. And, uh, but he's not a professional either. That's just, uh, he just helps me with that uh, to take some of the load off, but all the content creation, he helped me with the editing of some of the videos in Premiere too. Um, it's, it, I do it all myself, you know, including the, the, the recording and, and the lighting, yeah, everything. <laughs> so, uh, so that's pretty, that's pretty, um, you know, and one thing I'm very, very, um, adamant about is quality. I like to deliver good quality, good quality audio, uh, good quality, um, something that's visually um, pleasing to look at. And, you know, when you're on the website that everything looks good and sounds good. I don't like shabby things. So um, I spend a lot of time on all the little details. And uh, so when I got to Adobe Captivate, um, this program, I'm very familiar with um, Illustrator, Premiere, Photoshop, all of those programs, Audition, because that's what I've been using for years. Um, but Adobe Captivate, although it says Adobe, it used to belong to other companies previously. And it doesn't really look like um, an Adobe program, and it definitely doesn't behave like the Adobe programs. So um, luckily, I did find... Um, one person in particular who's got lots of tutorials on YouTube and uh, he's very helpful to you can sort of ask him questions and uh, he's got me out of some some sticky situations with uh, the interactive videos but basically I've ended up now and I'm just finishing the course my course has 12 lessons I'm on lesson 11 and then 12 to finish the interaction with the videos going back through them right the way from the beginning and redoing all of them making them all interactive well this is a uh, this important point I just wanted to highlight is I mean, sometimes when you launch a course, that's not the finish line, that's the starting line. So you're you're actually revisiting your original video course and making it better by making interactive lessons. So it's like another version, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. In fact, I call it Pro Speech 2.0. This is <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with you. And this is probably the third or fourth time I've gone back to the beginning of the course and I've started revamping nice. and redoing it. And, you know, my wife keeps saying, stop going back over the course, you know, and sell it more, you know, because, but I can't, because when you discover something new in the technology, you think, wow, I can put that into the course and then go back to the beginning, you know, and, and as I say, 12 lessons, it might not sound like much, but you know, there are hundreds of hours that I've put into that course, literally sitting on this chair. And, um, so approximately how many, uh, hours like people ask this question it's really a, it depends question which is how long should my course be but how long is your 12 lesson course in total yeah. more or less it's a very difficult question to answer because one of the things that i do when i sell the course to the companies um here in spain we have what's called funday funday is like um um uh 
they give you a sub a subvention. They give money to companies. Um, well, they don't give money actually. From your social security payments that you pay, a little mm -hmm. bit of that money goes for training that the company can then reinvest in the employees, and so it can be language courses or whatever. So anything that you do has to um, um, be within the uh, guidelines of Funday. And so one of the things they ask you is, how long does it take to do your course? Because they give, they pay per hour um, mm. to the students. And it was really difficult for me to think, right, well, the video lasts 20 minutes. And then underneath that, and, and then there's some there's some exercises within the video because there's actually I've got this interactive video. So maybe 20 minutes, let's add on another 20 minutes, about 40 minutes of video. Then I've got all my audio exercises. Then I've got my own evaluations. Then I've got the Lifter LMS evaluations. And I thought, well, I could probably do that in about an hour and a half. But then I think students won't have learned everything in an hour and a half. You've got to go back over that and revise that. So um, I find that, that that's a difficult question to answer, actually, and I don't really have a straight answer. I don't have a little formula to calculate uh, how long it'll take. But, for example, in the Chamber of Commerce, they've just accepted my course here in, in, uh, in where I live, in the region where I live. And they said to me, the course has to be a minimum of 50 hours. And I said, that's it. Don't worry. It's 50 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, it's 10 lessons. I said, five hours each, yeah, 12 lessons, four and a half hours each lesson. And that's it, you know, so... And they said, well, how do they do that? I said, well, they got a week, you know, they go through the lesson and they revise it and they revise it and there's things to read and things. And so, yeah, it's um, it's a difficult thing to sort of say that. And people want to know. It's one of the questions. People say, how long does it take to do the course? And I had it on drip content. My course, I thought, right, there's a lot of information. I'm going to release a lesson per week. And then a lot of people were saying to me, I want to do it faster. Yeah. So since I've been um, doing all the interactions, um, I've now released the first 10 lessons. 11 and 12 will be released very, very shortly this weekend um, so that I'm, I've taken off the drip content so people can do it at their own pace. Do you do the prerequisites so they have to do it in order or do you ha not have that set? Um, I don't know if I have that active. Yeah, they have to. No, maybe they don't have to do it in order. I, I, I didn't actually think about that. I'm not uh, familiar with that uh, with that little part of the course. Yeah, to to actually establish that. What about um, what about getting the the captivate content into the WordPress site into the the Lifter LMS lessons? How do you do that? What tools right. do you use? Or was that hard to figure out? Because we get asked that yeah. question all the time. I'm just curious how you solved it. Yeah, I mean. Everything has been really hard for me to figure out because, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, I'm not uh, uh, I'm an expert in any of this, you know, and everything is whatever I need to do. I'm on YouTube and I'm looking for things and I spend hours on YouTube like, listening to people. <laughs> anyway, I discovered um, um, uh, a hosting service for a fast hosting service called Bunny, like, you know, a bunny yeah. rabbit, bunny.net. And it seems to be very, very good and very, very cheap. And, um, and, and that can that. hold Captivate content in Bunny? Well, yeah, Captivate content at the end of the day is just HTML5. Okay. So, yeah. So I, when I first did my course, everything was on YouTube and it was obviously yeah. on hidden on YouTube and I was just streaming sort of from YouTube. But then people started saying to me, um, you know, people can pirate that and download your videos and things. And it looks horrible at the end because you get all the they're offering this recommended your competition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so when I discovered that this was going to be HTML5, I thought, right, you can't host interactive videos on YouTube. So that right. forced me right. to look for something else. And um, 
I have my hosting service for my for my um, for my website, but Bunny.net covered all those bases much better than anywhere else. And it's a very fast hosting service, super cheap, and I'm really happy with it. All I do is I just have it hosted there. And on the course, on my Lifter LMS course, I just put an iframe at the top and um, I just put the URL into that iframe and there it is, there's the video. So on the WordPress site, you're basically on a lesson, you're just embedding an iframe that you get from Bunny. Mm-hmm. And then how do you get, and then when you use Captivate to create the interactive video, is that, do you upload that to Bunny? Yes. Wow. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. how you said YouTube yeah. uh, as a tool to figure things out. I mean, that's where you go. Like I see the people that are the most successful is they, they don't have all the answers, but they know how to search for answers and they're not afraid of spending a little bit of research time like or reaching out to experts on youtube is youtube is definitely a place to learn for sure um absolutely i agree with you while we're in the tech uh why wordpress and why did you end up with lifter lms or how did that happen okay Um, were were you always running your site on wordpress like a marketing site kind of thing yeah yeah uh, really, I, I don't even know what alternatives there are. <laughs> I don't know any other way of doing it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my uh, brother-in-law is a, uh, an IT engineer and, you know, he's got his website and it's on, uh, you know, he lives from his website. You know, he sells software from his website and he's got it on WordPress. So that was a sort of logical uh, place to go. And as I say, I didn't know any other way of doing it. That was the only thing. Everybody said, oh, everybody's on WordPress, so let's do that. Um, and... Sorry. And so Lifter LMS, um, I started, I mean, I don't want to sort of, um, um, you know, disparage any other kind of uh, plugin or anything, but I started with this other kind of membership plugin and it was really, really complicated, difficult process. People couldn't log in. Uh, it was really, it was just a really difficult thing to do. And it, it visually, it was very, um, I, I was very unhappy with it. I did have somebody who was helping me at that time. Um, with that plugin and he was sort of being a bit of my community manager with social media and helping me with things like that at the same time and he was the one that installed that plugin and we were using that for some time at the beginning um, but it wasn't an LMS it was just a membership um, plugin that we were using and I was very unhappy with it because I, I can't stand it when people come back to me saying oh we're having problems logging in you know when yeah. tech problems for something that you know you've been working so hard on a course and you've got everything ready and then there are other things that they're you know silly things that they can't um overcome to get onto the course so um literally i will say that on youtube i saw this guy and he said you know how to set up an lms i don't know in an hour or something like that or two it was a long tutorial and he was really good this guy uh i think it was danish or swedish or something like that i can't remember i i can I it might be Ferdy, Ferdy Copenshake or something. Yeah. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah. I don't know if you're paying him or whatever, but. I'm not. He's a, he's, he makes great WordPress tutorials. So. Yeah. He was the one. And, uh, and I thought, well, I didn't even know what LMS, you know, this is the thing, you know, there's so many yeah. things that you, I didn't even know that existed LMS. As a category of software. As a category of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to put onto the website. I thought that's just what I needed, you know. And uh, so that's how I sort of um, stumbled across uh, Lift LMS. And I followed his tutorial. I installed everything. I had to uh, basically extract the course from where I had it before and 
re put it into uh, Lifter LMS. Uh, I redid lots of things. This was another one of the times when I went back to the beginning. I doubled my audios and different things like that. And it uh, took quite a long time. It took me about a month to get it back up to scratch again on, um, on the website. And then it went from there, you know, and then I went to the, um, the bundle, uh, is it the universe bundle? I think it was, you know, when, so I could get the, um, the payment, uh, gateway and then groups and, uh, and that's where I am. Yeah, really. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, do you, uh, for, well, I guess you mentioned earlier telegram as a tool you use. I know people are pretty familiar with social media like uh, TikTok and uh, Facebook and whatnot, YouTube. But what about Telegram? Can you just, for the layman who hasn't heard of it before, explain what it is and how you use that in your tech stack? Yeah. So um, Telegram began at the same time as WhatsApp. I don't know if it was a bit before or a bit afterwards. And it was like, uh, I don't know if you remember Beta and VHS when the two, <laughs> yeah. I'm nearly 50 now. So <laughs> was a little war to see who was going to win. And uh, so WhatsApp were the winners there, but people were using Telegram many years ago. And I hadn't heard about it for a long time until this community guy that was working with me said, hey, why don't we set up a Telegram group and get channel people from the live sessions into the Telegram group? So Telegram is basically very similar to WhatsApp as far as groups is concerned. The difference is that WhatsApp, you can put 250 people into a group and Telegram, you can put 200,000 people into a group. <laughs> and yeah, so basically it's just an instant messaging service, but it does have, for example, really cool emojis. Not that that's really interesting for me, but a lot of people like that is much better than, than WhatsApp in that sense. And you can now do um, kind of calls. You can do a, a voice call to everybody in the group. Kind of like a webinar kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah. a webinar in Telegram, which is pretty amazing. I haven't tried that yet. But um, I will say at the same time that although I have 6,000 people in the group, a lot of people sort of fall into the Telegram. And then I think they sort of forget about it because I've fallen into groups myself and don't really listen to much about what they're saying there because it tends to be just publicity. So it's kind of like an email list for text messaging and phone kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. The thing is, the only thing is you don't get the people's information in Telegram. You just, they're just there, you know, so you can publish things. The good thing about Telegram is you've got a channel and you've yeah. got, um, um, well, I call it my tribe, but it's, uh, I don't know what it's called, the group or something like that. So in the channel, if you want, you can open a channel. And if you've got interesting content, you know, with value that you're adding to people, you can create the channel. Everybody's in the channel. The only person that can speak is you and publish is you. And um, if at the same time you want people to comment on what you're doing, you open up the group as well. And people can be in both places where they see uh, what you're publishing and they can comment in the other side. And if people are not interested in the comments, they just stay in the channel and just watch what you're publishing. So that's pretty uh, cool. That's awesome. Um, I got a bunch of like, they're going to sound random questions, but there's like a framework that I use that you got to wear all these different hats to be successful with these kind of projects. If we put on like the marketing and sales hat, one of the things we need to understand is motivation. Why do Spanish speakers want to learn English? And I know you you serve a bunch of different markets and, and target customers, but what is the main driver and motivation behind the people that buy your, your programs? Yeah, well, basically, um, I would say not only Spanish people, but also, you know, South America, too. Um, the main motivator is that everybody knows now that if you don't speak English, your life is pretty limited. 
uh, to, you know, to your little nation or to your little town or your region or whatever, you can't really go. I mean, if you want to learn anything on YouTube, you're uh, obviously there's a lot of content in Spanish, but, you know, the, the, the vast majority is in English, the vast majority, you know, English films, whatever, if you want to travel wherever you want to work in Spain now. You know, the first thing I got a call the other day from one of the companies I used to teach at and they said to me, look, we want um, a salesman um, who's going to have a very good job. But all he, the only requirements is he has to be trilingual, English, Spanish and French, those three languages. We're not looking for university degrees or anything like that, or college degrees or whatever. And so languages are, um, you know, learning, knowing English here in Spain. It's like the eternal subject of the Spanish speakers because um, it's never been taught very well in schools. It's always been like a couple of hours a week. That'll do. Not with a very good methodology. You know, 30 kids in the class. It's difficult to teach a language. You can't treat language learning like maths because I was saying you have to interact, you know, mm -hmm. with maths. You can passively watch a whiteboard, see what he's doing, calculate it and, you know, hand your homework in or whatever. But language learning is different. You know, it's actually it's a communication tool that we humans have converted into an academic subject well, because we've studied it and all the biomechanics of language learning. But really, it's just a tool to communicate with other people. And to do that, you know, you have to interact and you have to listen. And uh, so <laughs> that's a long answer to your question. But, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like a, it, it opens up opportunity, a lot of different types of opportunity. What, um, what about the friction point of, you mentioned that um, some of your learners are children, kids. Mm. So how do you solve that technically or in terms of making the sale or whatever? And I mean, I know in different countries, there's different laws and minors. And does the kid have an email address? Does the parent need to be in the loop or not? It's just another customer. It doesn't matter how old they are. Like what, mm. what has been your experience around serving kids with an online education company yeah okay so we have um, um an enrollment form online so when parents come in and they want to enroll their children onto one of our courses our live courses then uh they have to um uh, abide by you know what they said and they have to check off um the um the regulations that we that we stipulate and say that you know because we record all our classes as well it's one of the advantages is that every all the classes are recorded so that parents can see them if they want to children can revise them if they want to or if anything happens we have a recording of those classes so we obviously have to have permission from parents to record the classes as well and so basically as they enroll they have to um agree to those terms and uh, tick all the boxes that's the way we do it that's cool um, what about, uh, you mentioned creating your own instructional method. It's called the Carter method. And one of the things we have to do as education entrepreneurs is, you know, we have to be an expert and we have to be a teacher. And you were saying that the traditional methodology just wasn't working for you. So you kind of went back to first principles and built your own. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and what you discovered creating your own method. And if somebody else is thinking about really going back to the roots and, and building up a better way of teaching a subject, give us some advice around that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was, um, obviously when I was first teaching, I was using materials that were famous materials, Oxford Pre university press and Cambridge university press and those kind of things. Um, 
I noticed that I was bored. I was bored teaching those materials. I was thinking, this is not fun to teach. And I was thinking, if it's not fun to teach, it's not fun to learn either. And I, as you're saying, you know, teachers, educators and things, when I, I mean, I've had nearly 200 teachers uh, go through my schools and we counted them just recently. And um, when I interviewed, I probably interviewed almost all of them myself personally. You know, what I look for in a teacher, the last thing I look for is, you know, do you know, um, I mean, obviously you have to be a, a teacher, obviously, but what I want to see is, are you a performer? Are you an actor? Are you a clown? Are you a funny, smiley kind of person? You have to, motivation is like the number one uh, driver for any human being to do anything, really. We need to have some kind of motivation. And so I thought I need to, the only way people can be motivated is if they feel that they are progressing that's one of the best motivators, you know, that the quicker they progress. And as I said at the beginning, my idea is to make this as easy and as quick as possible for students to learn the language. Maybe, um, you know, a lot of I've heard things from other schools that say, no, they keep you there for years before they do the exam, you know, to keep you hanging on. I did the opposite. I thought I'm going to teach you as quickly as possible. I prefer to have a reputation for being a fast, you know, place where you learn quickly and you get out. Uh, and then more students come in because of that reputation. So um, with language learning, obviously, there has to be an interaction, much more interaction. So I've, I know that, you know, language has four skills, reading, writing, listening and speaking. Those are the four skills. And most of the uh, materials that are available are focused on, you know, teaching larger groups where you ha it's reading and writing and a little bit of listening, a bit of speaking. I thought, no, this has got to be the opposite. And um, this has to be in the order of a child when a child is learning. The child starts listening to things um, without really understanding, doesn't have a second language to sort of translate to, just has to decode these things that you're saying. And uh, this after that, they start speaking, which is the second step. And then the third step, when they go to primary school, they would start reading and then finally start writing. So I developed a method where um, first students uh, listen to uh, the vocabulary that we're going to be using. And um, I put that vocabulary into context and explain it to them. And then they use that vocabulary um, with me, with the questions that I ask them. So they are actually using the language immediately, even if they've never spoken English before and it's their first class, they're immediately speaking in the first class with the teacher. And um, and that way they progress. I mean, so many times people have said to me, you know, I've tried learning English so many times, but uh, this is the first time I've actually felt that I'm actually progressing and I'm actually getting somewhere because they're using the language from day one and they're breaking all those stigmas and barriers of, oh, I get embarrassed when I speak English or I'm going to go red or I'm going to make a mistake. That doesn't matter because you're just continuously speaking in our classes. So we're focused on oral interaction really with the teacher and reading and writing is like the least important thing on our agenda, although it, it is included because you know, they have to pass exams a lot of the time and things like that. But that's, uh, you know, 90% of our class is based on speaking. And uh, that's much more enjoyable than reading or writing. And it's more fun. And, it, and with that way, the teacher can put his personality into the class as well. And, uh, and that makes it more fun for students. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, two more questions for you. One, if somebody's listening and they're thinking about uh, choosing Lifter LMS for the online course part of their LMS or the learning management system website. What advice do you have for them about that? 
Um, yeah, well, I definitely recommend it. Absolutely. I mean, my experience um, uh, until now uh, is very, very good. Uh, I'd especially like to um, give a shout out to your um, support team as well. They're great as well. You know, I keep, you know, get messages really quickly back from them uh, for all the things that I don't understand. <laughs> and they always help me. And uh, especially, you know, uh, when you get a new plug in and things like that, you get the uh, you can have these weekly calls and things. And it's really good uh, support. So in that sense, for me, that's really important. And I imagine that a lot of the people who are putting Lifter LMS plugins onto their websites uh, when they're not particularly tech savvy, uh, I don't think so. So, you know, it's really important to have that support. So that's one thing that uh, I would definitely say in your favor. Um, one of the things that I would say maybe I haven't done as well as I should have in my course is sort of plan the course out from beginning to the end. I'm, always, I'm quite a spontaneous kind of person. So even my videos, you know, my son said to me, you know, because I now have a teleprompter, but I didn't have one before. It was all sort of like off the cuff, you know, yeah. talking into the, and my son was having a lot of trouble with the editing because I was, you know, talking about things and going off at tangents and things like that. So definitely, you know, people talk about storyboards and things like that for your videos and having real a real good idea of how you're going to lay your course out from the beginning to the end um, is a good idea. I mean, I had an idea and I'm just I do a lot of things sort of off the cuff anyway. You know, when I'm live, you know, sometimes I don't prepare the live sessions. I just go on and see what happens. And then you know, I end up, you know, doing all sorts of different things, but uh, definitely a lot of planning and um working out how you're going to get your traffic to your website. I mean, that's the that's the big deal. That's the big thing. And if, if you know how to do that, to get warm traffic to your website, well, then, you know, you have the, the golden nugget, basically. That's the thing. And um, the only way that I've seen personally, you know, to do this, if you want to do it on a very low budget, is uh, through social media. And if you are an educator and you have the capability to make a course and you've got the knowledge that you think you can sell to people, then use that knowledge on social media. Not all of it, obviously, because when they do the course, they're going to get a lot more things and a lot more detailed, but give a lot of value on social media of your of the contents of your course, snippets, bits and pieces, things people can take away and definitely um, I, I, I talk about the big A, you know, is it applicable? Whatever, you know, whenever I publish something on social media, I think, can you apply what I just published to your life today? And it will make a small difference in your life. And, you know, maybe can and can't, you'll start understanding the difference because of that. That for me is the big, um, sort of the big, the big difference between um, having success on social media or not having success on social media is the value that you're giving. And um, a lot of people think, well, I don't want to give away too much for free, you know, or, you know, how do I monetize this? And, you know, but uh, I haven't found another way of doing it. So I think that's that's what I would recommend is to have a good fan base on social media and uh, plan your course well. And uh, so you don't have to go over it four or five times like me. <laughs> going back for the, I mean, if you're going to use something like interactive, I mean, interactive videos, if you want to blow the learners away, uh, start looking at something like that because that makes a massive difference. And I'll tell you, I've only just started scratching the surface and my interactive videos, you know, the students they've already got in the courses, um, they obviously have the new interactive videos because I don't charge more for that. It's the same course. 
they love it and uh, it's something that they've never seen before. I mean, I had never seen an interactive video where I could, you know, click on things on the screen and sounds would come up and, you know, I could change the state of an object when you click on it and it changes to something else. It opens up a massive world of creativity for um, educators online. And there's just one little section that another thing that I'm sort of stuck with, which is in the interactive video, you can um, run a JavaScript and uh, well, then you just have a massive world of what you can do. You can imagine that when you click on a button, a JavaScript runs on the interactive video uh, on HTML, you can imagine what you can do there. The, the, the possibilities are endless. So we are you know, the, the teachers who are in this world now uh, on these online education and these digital courses, we are now entering a new realm as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, virtual reality, that's going to be something to uh, look into. And, uh, you know, with uh, workspaces or whatever that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is talking about, those kind of things are interesting, of course. But uh, for the time being, I would say my recommendation, look into interactive videos. That is super cool, super cool. And I, I like how you mentioned, uh, don't be shy of giving away things for free. You mentioned earlier using the Lyft LMS groups add-on and instead of doing this hard sell to a company, you actually go ahead and set up the group. You invite the, the key person at the company in and give them four seats to just try it out. Now the sale is not so hard. It's like, check it out. If you like it, let's work out a deal and do a lot more seats. It's it's pretty exactly. straightforward. I love that idea. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I don't even have, it's not even a demo version of the course. It's the course. It's the real yeah, thing. So the, it's the real thing. They can flick through the lessons and things like that. I mean, obviously, I will, um, I'll be calling them back, you know, <laughs> two weeks and saying, how are you doing? You know, they say, oh, we haven't had time yet. Because obviously, I can see when they've gone into the course through groups. I can see if they're there and yeah. they've been there. So, um, you know, I will be calling them back and obviously if they're not interested, then I'll just uh, remove them from the from the plugin. But it's an easy way to, you know, we have to have some Vaseline nowadays to help uh, these sales <laughs> go a bit more smoothly, make it easy for people. All right. And last question, what's one tip you have for somebody who's thinking of teaching English as a second language um, and they're just getting started on this journey? Like mm -hmm. what advice do you have for them on day one? Right. I would uh, say learn phonetics <laughs> to distinguish yourself from other teachers, learn phonetics, and um, you will see English from a different perspective. You will be able to teach English from a different perspective. You will be able to surprise students with and help people who have um, problems understanding and speaking the language, not because, I mean, people study English for their whole life and then I level test them and ask them a few questions and they don't understand. But if I show them the questions I'm asking, they do understand. So there's a massive um, difference between understanding the written word and understanding the oral word. And you can help students through phonetics overcome that difference and balance it out. So it would be a massive asset to your toolbox if you, uh, if you learn phonetics and um, a lot of people shy away from it. Most people do because it's it's not easy, but YouTube's full of teachers. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's Marcus Carter. He's at carterschoolofenglish.com. Go check it out. Marcus, thanks for coming on the show and thanks for being a shining example of what we call an education entrepreneur uh, who's you know helping 
improve the lives of others, really open up that opportunity using the vehicle of, of language. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing so much wisdom with the, the listener today. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Chris, for inviting me. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.